This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. It's season three, episode two of the MVSP. Myself, Joe Nagy, along with Brandon Worth. It's second day back in the studio, Brandon. Third day back on campus for the first semester. How you feeling? I'm loving it. You know, there's only one thing that can make this day better, and that would be some WD-40. This chair right now it's squeaking <laughs> like crazy, and it's driving me bonkers. I just don't That's know what like to do. been like since we've been here, though. Uh, yeah, but you know, just it, today it's just hitting a little different. It's a little maybe, louder, more maybe, amplified. I don't know. Maybe co-president Brandon Worth can find something in the budget so we can get new chairs. Yeah, I guess. I guess there. There you go. Breaking news. I'm now co-president with Barrett Jones, so... Hey-o. The Jonesworth Duo running Bulldog Radio. Haven't even had an official meeting yet, but you've been promoted. Yeah. Good job. We're starting our meetings next week, and we oh, yeah. also are going to be getting interviews with players and coaches and all other sports fans next week. We wanted everybody to make sure they're getting in the rhythm and routine because... It is first week of college. Kind of got to get what it's find all about, your role you know? a little bit. That's what it's all about. Yeah, me and Joe, obviously, seasoned vets, so we're, we're, we're around yeah. it pretty well, and that's we why we're We don't even need here. any warm-up. We can just hop in. Yeah. I mean, we Cold didn't even, turkey. Yeah, we just walked in five minutes ago and just sat down. You're like, you want to start? Sure. And here we are. Here we and are. And you know it's rolling pretty well right now, but oh, yeah, it is. it's going to be great. But we got a lot of, on deck to talk about today. NFL preseason. It is cut day. We got players that are now going to be moving on to different teams, some trades happening, and then some other notable things to talk about as well college football fantasy football and more but in case you missed from yesterday there's a lot of fair state sports going on joe what's happening tomorrow we got a full slate soccer uh volleyball and football basically all the fall sports going on at ferris are going to be kicking off tomorrow volleyball has had their first game if you did uh, listen to us on monday uh they already beat oakland 3-1 but the other two teams they're starting out for the first games uh soccer brandon when's that going to be that will be at one o'clock Perfect. Against Finley. Perfect. And then volleyball is going to be next at 5 o'clock against Tiffin. And then football is going to be facing off later on in the evening, 7.30 at Top Taggart. Home opener, first game in two years, uh, basically. Yeah. It's going to be big. You're not going to want to miss it if you are a Big Rapids native, if you're a student. It's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to be, like I said, 7.30 against Finley. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, and to those that haven't necessarily had the campus life yet and you're hearing about the football game, I very much encourage you to go because this is going to be the game that is going to be most epic. It's been the most anticipated game all year, obviously. It's the first game circled on the calendar. That's what everybody's been walking into the locker room looking at is Thursday against Finley, Thursday against Finley, September 2nd against Finley. And it's pretty much here. It is literally only 24 hours away by the time we're recording this. It'll be even less time, less than 12 hours from when this episode comes out. It's 27 hours away for us. Well, yeah, but you know, you, it's it's close enough. Regardless, I, regardless, I haven't taken math since senior year, so it's fine in high school, I should say. But it's fine because you know, two plus two is fish, and we move on, and that's just how it rolls. So, um, no, it's gonna be great. I, I'm super excited. I'll be up in the booth working. I know Joe's gonna be down near the field watching. So, gonna have all the vantage points for you on next week's show recap as well. But it's gonna be a fun game. It, there's a lot of anticipation coming up on this game. For sure, for sure. But we'll just hop right into the episode for today. Like Brandon said, it's been cut week for the NFL teams. A lot of notable players have been cut. Uh, A lot of notable players are still playing. And there's been some kind of surprises of who's been traded and whatnot. But regardless, Brandon, what's been catching your eye so far? 
I think the number one, um, looking at the, some of the preseason teams now, this is I, Wednesday, this is the deadline, and we're getting down to 53-man rosters pretty much as of today where teams are going to be starting, yeah, this is our team moving forward, and we got some guys already that are getting cut and putting on, putting on a plane to another team two hours later because they're just getting claimed off the waiver wire. And one that hasn't been claimed yet that I don't know if they, he will get claimed yet is a very notable cut, probably the most notable out of the preseason cuts, mm-hmm. is Cam Newton and he was cut by the New England Patriots yesterday, giving Mac Jones the free reign journey to QB1 in New England. Tom was this Brady a surprise 2.0. to you? I was not expecting them to cut Cam Newton. I thought they were going to have him be you know, QB2, basically. I didn't think he was going to be that bad in preseason. But, I mean, I guess he was kind of garbage because if he's been cut from the Patriots, leaving who is even their backup? It would be Jarrett Stidham or Brian Hoyer at this point. So, yeah, if Cam is actually that bad, they must have just cut him for, like, money reasons, I guess, which, I mean, more power to him. But that was the one I was actually most surprised about, seeing that, you know, I heard that they were having solid competition during training camp, but the, all the signs ta- uh, showed to Cam being named QB1, at least for week one. Uh, I thought it was going to kind of be a Tom Brady situation where uh, Mac Jones was going to kind of sit back and get the reins from Cam and then probably week four or five or something like that and then kind of never look back. But now that process just early uh, started a little bit earlier in week one. So Cam, or excuse me, Mac's just got a lot of... Uh, I guess pressure now to do something good because now that he's QB1 outright, he's going to have a lot of eyes on him week one. Yeah, as a first-round draft pick, I mean, here's the the big thing about all of this. It's the Patriots. It's Bill Belichick. They don't spend top-tier draft picks on quarterbacks. They have not had to do this in a long time. So you know how much pressure there's going to be. And, of course, if he messes up, there is no more city forgiving of sports teams and players oh, yeah, than and then, Boston. Yeah, than Boston. Yeah, they just... Massachusetts is, I think, the, the nicest town for sports, Oh, I think. it has to be. I mean, there's people... There's just people out and about all night. They're just yelling about the greatest yeah. things ever. And, you know, when the Yankees lose, they're just so happy. Up right. No, it's it's a terrible situation. It's cutthroat. It's cutthroat there. Yeah. You, so we have the we have the urge and the just the jitters for Mac Jones because we know like we kind of have the idea of what he's going through. I mean, not personally. I mean, I'm not a quarterback in the NFL. I could be if I didn't blow my knee out. But you know, it's just <laughs> sure. a really hard situation because of just the the aspect and the environment that he's going into. But I mean, as far as Cam Newton being cut, I think the biggest part of it is I think they just want to give Cam like the solitude of, hey, we're going to move on from you and we're going to let you ride out your career however you please. Because I don't think more, like, I wouldn't say morally, but I feel like for Cam, it just wouldn't sit right to be like, yeah, I'm a I'm a former MVP from 2015, and I'm sitting behind a rookie quarterback right now at the end of my career. Like that just wouldn't feel right. And I mean, obviously, we've all seen now the memes of the Cam Newton NFL Play 60 commercial as with the Panthers, <laughs> and they have the Photoshop Mac Jones helmet. Oh, that kid was geez, Mac Jones was all so along. Funny. He was an actor growing up, and we had no idea. And it was just the greatest. I think that was the the funniest thing by far. I don't know though. The, the, the Bishop game with IMG might might top that in the meme list right now. <laughs> that was pathetic, by the way, if you didn't see that. But anyway, yeah, some some wannabe high school tried yeah. to, lie to sorry, play just, IMG and yeah, get lost 58 put, to 0. I just want to put folks on that. I'm pretty sure they had like 25 and 30-year-olds on their team. I'm pretty sure they did too. It their was their so address suspicious. for their high school was like a 
was just like a townhome <laughs> in in Canton, Ohio. I believe it. Oh my goodness, that's, that's so funny. <laughs> and that and that was the funny thing is like that was their second game in three days. What high school coach puts their players in a situation they got to play two football games in a span of three days? Not a smart one, I'll tell you that. And that's why he got canned yesterday, as well as lying to get on national television. And apparently, according to this news report I read, that was just the tip of the iceberg for him. So well, that's why he, he got had, cut. He had an active arrest warrant. Uh, yeah. That guy was just... It was a very sus situation. A little suspicious. But anyway, back to Cam Noon. I feel like it'll be a good situation for Cam to not be in... The, the backlight of Mac Jones. And I mean, the the cap thing could be, I mean, he was on a, about a yeah, yeah. $5 million it might contract. Have just been like, it might have just been like, okay, you're going to put me a QB2, just cut me. Yeah. Like, like let, something like yeah, that. Let me, go, let me go to a team that I, I feel more comfortable with backing up or that I have a chance to start. Or even, I think, honestly, probably the better solution is him keep training, wait it out, and wait till eventually one or two teams are going to run out both of their starting and backup quarterbacks. Happens every year, and people know exactly what we're talking about as far as fantasy concerned. Spelling the word Jack. Jacksonville last year. We're going down to Jake Lutton, by the way. <laughs> Jake Gluten, as we called him last year. Anyway, he got cut, unfortunately. But um, yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna be interested to see which teams are gonna look after Cam. I personally think he's gonna wait out that route and sign with a team that's going to have injured quarterbacks and going to be in desperate need by week five or week six or week seven or even maybe a potential playoff team needs him to step in. I mean, anything's possible because, I mean, in the reality, are you going to want to trust a guy that's been on your practice squad for a couple of years or a former or, yeah. MVP in Cam A former Newton. league MVP who's had years of experience so yeah. far. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, he's not the greatest thrower of the football. We know that. He can still run, but he's not 2015 yeah. Cam Newton. He's definitely and not. And that's the guy that I you would want. I think 2017 was even past his prime. And once, like, you – because he was, like – when did he get drafted? Like, early, early 2010s? Yeah, it was about there. I think it was 2011. Yeah. I think those, like, first four years where he had, like, basically everything, like, under him – it was like the situation where he was able to just kind of do whatever he wanted, and he had, still had like that athletic ability. Because he was old when he left college. Oh yeah. Because he did. He because he went sat. to because he went he redshirted one year, got had to. There was like some problems with like the law and stuff. Yeah, because he, he was went sitting to a behind. JUCO. Yeah, you're right. He went to a JUCO and then he came back to Auburn. And yeah, so I think he so. had a full. Or no, no, no. He was. I remember this now. He was sitting behind. Tim Tebow in Florida yeah, when he redshirted, yeah. and then he went, and then he went all by, back to Auburn, and that's when yeah. he eventually won the starting job. And it's he been spent a long what, time, six, like six years to that span, because he took a year off of sports and then came back, which is crazy because then when you get to be a rookie in the league and you're like a 24, 25 year old rookie, you only have like maybe four or five, or two, three years more of your like, like athletic prime. Because you can be like a, I can't really, no one really comes to mind, but you can be like an athletic third-year-old, like Megatron, who's like a unicorn, when he would be 30, and he still had a couple years left of being a dominant player. But once you get to that point, it's kind of tough, especially for a quarterback, to still be able to, when your skill set is a running quarterback who can throw pretty all right, you can't run as fast anymore. So what are you going to rely on? Your less-than-ideal throwing arm? So then it kind of comes to that point where Cam Newton's been in the league for six, seven years now. Like, what are you going to do about it? Especially since he's definitely not one of the main options to be a a franchise quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and is in with his with his whole injury history. It's it's been just a downhill yeah. fall. Everything's for Cam. really just been 
against him. Yeah, it, I think it was just like we all knew it was like inevitable that it was eventually going to come to this. But now that it's finally here, it's like wow, they wait, Cam Newton actually got cut because I think more in reality it was like he's going to have to get carried off the field by a stretcher before he gets cut from a team in preseason camp. So I think that's kind of the it, there was no softening of the blow for Cam. This was this was uh, an interesting situation. But he happen? seems to keep being keeping his head up high according to social media. He said, yeah. "Don't I, worry about me. I'm okay, and we're yeah. gonna figure this out." Like so. you said, probably it's gonna come down to a team who burned through all their quarterbacks and just need someone to fill the spot while they're, you know, late season. Most likely, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, for sure. But um, some other notable quarterbacks that were cut in training camp: the Cowboys slashed Garrett Gilbert and Ben DiNucci, leaving former Chippewa Cooper Rush is, is the backup DiNucci. for Dak Prescott. So that's gonna be interesting. We might see a former Chippewa on the field. If Dak Prescott gets injured next year. Wow. So very interesting. Uh, Jake Fromm, Davis Webb are cut, leaving Mitch Trubisky as the backup yes. behind Josh Allen. What a beautiful thing. Uh, Trevor Simeon did not last with the Saints, with Ian Book making it over Simeon. Man, he's turned into a bust. It's just not been a great road for him. It's been rough. but um, And then also Nick Mullins, the former Wonder Man for the 49ers for a whopping two games, is filled in by Gardner Minshew, who the Eagles just traded for in a deal for, I believe it was a sixth-round pick? Seventh-round? No, sixth-round um, compensatory that can be changed later into a fifth-round pick, I believe, if he plays three games over 50% of the snap. So basically, if he plays three games, it turns into a fifth-round pick for the oh, Jaguars. Nice. But interesting that the Eagles decided to go that route, pretty much taking them out of the Deshaun Watson sweet stakes which could get interesting by the way over the next couple of weeks but um some other notable names that did not make the final cut list before the regular season one of our own Rashad Perriman cut from Detroit I honestly think see it. I don't think it's necessarily a talent thing he's just been banged up all preseason there's no telling what he's going to be out of the gate I really believe that's kind of what it is and just just beyond the fact that we've got a lot of younger guys that have they honestly played really well in the preseason I know one of the fan favorites as far as looking in chat rooms talking to some people that have been watching the training camp as well as some of the things I've seen is Tom Kennedy is a guy that everybody likes and he's been on mm-hmm. the bubble this whole time. Is he in? Is he out? You look at every article, every other time he's in and he's out. But now he's going to be in, and that's going to be super exciting. So he's going to be joining Khalif Raymond, mm-hmm. um, Tyrell Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, no, I don't. I believe um, Allison was cut. Yep, Geronimo Allison was cut. And that would leave, I believe, the fifth receiver as Quintez Cephas with Detroit. Mm. But your thoughts on Perriman being cut, Joe? Good move, bad move? I don't know. We'll have to see. I think it's an all right move, kind of creating some more space and some more competition. But I don't know. I didn't really pay too much attention to him last year, so I can't really say too much. But I don't know. Hopefully, it'll work out. There's just a whole lot of stuff that we need to figure out before. Because, like, especially like now, I thought Campbell was going to be a great move. But, like, now that we've seen preseason games and we've seen kind of like what's going on, it's like, hmm. I don't know if it's going to work out as much. I still have high hopes for this season to hopefully make a little bit better, but just with what he's been doing and kind of like who he's been cutting and kind of what the – I mean, he's kind of probably – he's upped the locker room culture, but I just don't think he's been making the right moves on the field, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, who knows? Week one's f- coming, so we'll see. The fact that we cut Don Molbach on his birthday, for crying yeah. out loud, was a pretty harch blow. And I mean, him, yeah. him and just him going being on the a, air saying, a lion for his whole career, yeah, like it's it's not like the greatest. No, it's not great at all. Not a great look. And I'm sure he Dan Campbell just doesn't care 
and like that's good to an extent to just not care what people right. think about you as a head coach. But like, right. you have a guy who has been with you from thick and thin, basically, yeah, through thick and thin, from like the worst the worst times to an all right time to now a worst time again, and you cut him. Not the best. Not the best look. Yeah, just a. It's a tough situation. It, it it really is a tough situation, and I feel like the idea around some of the guys like being cut that were like, oh, how in the world did he get cut? There's no way. Like he's one of the better players. He's one of the bigger names. I mean, Jelani Tavai comes to mind, and I know personally, I've talked to a lot of people that agree with my point that there's a lot of more potentially high-impactful players in the linebacker room outside of Tavai. Tavai's a good player, but his ceiling's not very high from what we've seen so far. Yeah. So I think giving ways to guys like Derek Barnes and or bringing in like Tavante Beckett back if we want to pursue that route, can, that could end up with a higher ceiling yeah. than Tavai. So I think it was just kind of like, yep, let's cut ties now. Let's not even have to worry about it a while from now. But uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Some other notable names, Ty Crosby we just brought in this past year um, pretty much I mean with the Sewell pick pretty much knocked him out of a job which I think was kind of more a I don't want to say an insurance policy because Tyrell Crosby's better than an insurance policy but I think it would we they saw a lot more of, of a filler you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah he's a filler for we sure we needed a spot we weren't sure if we were going to be able to get that in the draft and then now that we have it and a, a very good pick in Sewell at that to just be like okay you're out of here. I don't. I don't hate that, but yeah. And I mean, I think one big thing was um, Logan Steinberg from Kentucky that we got. Or I believe it was last year, two years ago. He's been playing a lot better than I think than we expected, mm-hmm. and so he might be in line for that second that second spot in the depth chart at guard. So I think that kind of knocked that also knocked him out. But other notable Lions cuts: Mike Ford, who started at the end of last year, not by. Not by choice, I guess you could say. I mean, it's going to be parting ways. I believe he's already signed a deal with Denver, actually. And so I believe he's already. Which, speaking of which, we did actually make a trade, I believe it was yesterday, later on, for Trinity Benson, wide receiver that was making some noise in the preseason for Denver that he ended up was on the on the cusp. And we didn't waste any time for them to make a decision if they were going to cut him or not. We'll say, we'll take him. We'll take him in a six-round pick for, yep. Yeah. Money? Yep, sure. Take him. I'm like, oh, okay. So, bang, bang, boom. But I think the most notable uh, out of the bunch, we cut both of our kickers. Randy yeah, Bullock what are we and Zane do? Gonzalez. What are we going to do with that, to be honest? We're going for it. Fourth down? Yeah. Inside of 30, or no, inside no of the 40? Kicks. No, no kicks. kicks at all. No kicks. If He's, need be, we'll just get somebody from the stands. Sure, he, they can kick. No, we actually brought the in... The announcer um, be like, anybody play soccer for like an <laughs> extended amount of time? You want to come kick for us? Does anybody have any kicking experience? <laughs> Please come to the court. No, that would be pretty wild, though. Just bring a fan on the field. Hey, here's some pads and a helmet. Go hit a 50-yarder for the win for us. Hey, uh, kick a field okay. goal real quick. But, I mean, hey, I can I can hit one from 40, so maybe they call... No, I'm just kidding. I need like you 20 more yards. contest? Like, I think I can get like 35 or 40. Okay, we have to do a kicking contest. Along with the golf tournament I'm going to and Dunham's. the basketball game, I'm going to I'm going to get like two or three footballs. I'm going to get the kicking holder or whatever. And we're going to go on top tagger. And we'll, we'll kick, see who gets farther. Okay. This is going to be a Bulldog Radio sponsored event. So winner takes home a pot of what? $20? <laughs> Box Lucky Charms? What, what are we kicking for loser here? Buys, uh, loser buys B-dubs. Oh, 
that's a win-win. So, I mean, that, that's fine. Uh, okay. So, there you have it. Um, we'll set a date and time Friday. later. Friday but, right um, now. Friday. Yeah, Friday. Okay. I think I'll be around. But, anyway, back to football. Um, well, I guess we were just talking about football. But, we actually did sign a kicker. Um, we signed, I believe, it was Austin Siebert, who was um, in the, I believe, the hunt with the Bengals job. So, he's going to be our kicker as far as as far as now, um, I believe, by what the, the, the words are around everything going on in the NFL but a lot of a lot of notable guys like that we were seeing I we're seeing a lot of teams really looking at the age factor and I think that's something notable with a lot of these cuts like we're seeing guys that are getting older like haha Clinton Dix I mean he's 28 years old but in safety terms and d-back terms and how that's, long he's that's old he's starting to get past his prime and he's starting to get older so he was cut from the 49ers despite I believe having a near pick six in the preseason but I guess that was not enough Desmond Trufant yeah, he's kind of out. He was cut by the Bears. Um, just showing you how depleted our D-back was from D-back room from last year. As we paid him a hefty contract just to be on the field. But a really tough situation for him. Uh, Devontae Freeman cut by the Saints as well as Lamar Jackson is cut. What? I'm just kidding. He's also a cornerback for the Jets named Lamar Jackson. He did not, fortunately, make the team like fellow Raven Lamar Jackson. Uh, kind of cool that your name you have a name similar to MVP. Even cooler name, though, have you heard of this guy? Michael Jordan? Apparently, he's also good at football. Not good enough to make the cut for the Bengals at the guard position. <laughs> hate but, to see it. Yeah, they're out. It was, I think that was the win of some team is going to get to sign Michael Jordan, which just sounds cool, regardless of his ability. Jersey seller, jersey seller right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Price is going through the absolute roof. I think that I think that would be fun just to be like, yeah, what's your name? Oh, Michael uh, Jordan. Michael Jordan. Nah, you're kidding. I wonder how many times he like ordered a pizza and they'd be like, and they're oh, like I'm gonna really? meet Michael Jordan. Dude, can you sign can you sign my shoe? Uh I mean sign our pizza box? Sure. I mean I have a pencil with me. I mean I play football, but okay. <laughs> like, oh you're not the no, I'm not the guy. I wonder how many times you have to be you're like not that guy, Hi, Paul. Michael Jordan, I don't play basketball and I never played for the Bulls and I never got food poisoning. But You're not that guy, Paul. You're yeah, not that trust guy. Trust me, you're not that guy. But um some of those are some of the notable ones. Also, Quinn Nordine, if you're a Michigan fan. Made the Patriots roster as the kicker. He beat out veteran Nick Folk. So we're going to see Quinn Nordine. And Ordeen. your surprise is as much as ours because he could not hit a field goal oh my that Lanta. whole senior year. Yeah. That dude, here's the thing about Nordine. That dude has a leg like I've never seen. He had the power to kick from 60. But he never had the contact point locked down. Because no. you could see kicks. When they were, on kickoff, on kickoff, I will give you that, his freshman year. When he would, because I went to like two or three games that year. When he would get a solid one off kickoff, could have gone, could have gone through the uprights, could have gone through the uprights yes. if he had it unlocked. But it was so few and far between where you'd have the solid, just upright ball that's spinning through the air. You'd have like those knuckle balls. You'd have like the dead ducks that are just flying around in the air, and that's not good for when you're trying to make a field goal from forty yards out, fifty yards out to win the game. Because that'll just catch the air and go crazy. But he, like we said before we started, he had to have just put in an insane amount of practice because he was not NFL caliber. Yeah. It's going to, I wonder what, he must be improving his contact point and his accuracy. Because, I mean, overall, like his power and his step line seemed like it was always good. But just that, because, I mean, you could see sometimes he hits it 
dead duck spinning left to right, that's not good at all. I mean, you want it straight up and down like it should be as yeah. far as watching it into a movie film. Like, that's just how it's supposed to be. But then again, I mean, the dude has the leg to kick from how far. So it's going to yeah. be it's gonna be an interesting I mean, teams interesting might situation. Be just be excited to have someone that has that capacity to kick it that far, and then they'll worry about getting it to a, to a situation where he can uh, be really consistent, I guess. Yeah, I guess the consistency, I guess, is going to be getting there. So, um, gonna be gonna be a really interesting situation there. But um, moving into a little bit of fantasy football here, me and Joe taking place in our Bulldog Radio Worthmore Studios collaboration fantasy football league once again for year two. Both of us going back at it for the title. Both of us came up short last year to Johnny Yonker. Um, I had the third pick in the draft, um, and I think I had a pretty. I have a pretty solid team. I'll li- I'll list it down for you right now. Uh, Josh Allen at the quarterback spot, backed up by Trevor Lawrence. Um, yep, I know they had the same buy, but I just couldn't resist the the idea of having Trevor Lawrence on a team. So. And then I have Derek Henry, Chris Carson, DeAndre Hopkins, Robbie Anderson, TJ Hawkinson, Debo Samuel in the starting spots at the skill positions with Washington's defense and Matt Prater. On my bench, Miles Gaskin, DJ Chark, Darnell Mooney, Philip Lindsay, Jared Cook, and wait for it, Deshaun Watson. And just, just as a little bit of a kicker, if he gets traded to a team and everything goes south, I have trade capital, and if not, I dump him for some scrub on the waiver wire, and it works <laughs> out. So I think that my team is. Oh, I, I'm, I'm I'm happy with my team. I think I was pretty I was pretty ecstatic for just the amount of of like I guess you can say consistency was what I was looking for as far as. I'm looking for this in this round. I'm looking for this in this round. I got a lot of that, which was good as far as on my my draft analysis. So super happy, Joe. How is your team looking so far? Uh, pretty good. I got so I gotta move some stuff around. Yeah, I also heard you made a big trade a couple days yeah, after draft day. Yeah, people didn't like it, but people in our league didn't like it. But I was like, hey, I, don't I even personally mind. didn't like it. Hey, but I don't it. even care. <laughs> I don't care what you have to say. This is my team. Okay, okay, go over your team. All right, so I gotta move my start. Okay, I just picked off my. Picked up Mac Jones because Aaron Rodgers is going to be out for a few weeks, so I got to switch it around. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I got Kareem Hunt as my uh, running back, Leonard Fournette as my other one, Amari Cooper as a wide receiver, uh, Michael Pittman as my other re- wide receiver. You like uh, Michael Pittman. I do like Michael Pittman. Travis Kelsey as my tight end. Um, I got to figure out my flex spot. I have the Rams defense, and then Greg Zerline is my kicker. All right, that's not a bad team. I see you also have Michael Gallup on your bench. A lot of, a lot of potential there as well. Oh, yeah. Hunter Henry as well. So mm-hmm. pretty solid. But the rumor of the draft... Okay, not going to lie. When I saw you made that trade, I was like, I think I can see where you're thinking at the trade, but I was mad because I know Austin, who is now in our league that had the number one pick, was just trying his, his hardest to get Antonio Gibson. And yeah. that you gave him to him, I was just like, man, why would you give him to him? Because now he's going to be like, yeah, I got Gibson. I got all these guys. And like, you're going down. I'm like, uh. but anyway, I mean, he definitely improved his team now because I, yeah. but at the end of the day, anybody can get hurt any yeah. given day. That's my, so. that's my thing. It's like, I, you know, it, he might think it's going to be a big one. I don't think it's going to, my gut feeling says I made the right decision, but we'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah, ESPN does not agree but with that statement. My they, gut has been my gut has been wrong many times. I will give you that. But. That is, yeah. I mean, right now, yeah, this was this is what truly made me mad. I had the I had the number one final standing projection after draft day, and then that trade that you made with 
Austin bumped him up above me to number one, so now I'm number two. Um, ESPN also didn't like your trade. He, they dropped you a whopping nine spots after that trade, by the hey, way. Man, it's all good. So that's that's rough. But at the end of the day, like those things really aren't totally accurate because once again, injuries happen. All that stuff can happen at any given point. But um, any sleepers you're looking at this year, Joe? I mean, I got a couple that I'll be looking, keeping my eye on for sure. Um, for like teams in our league or just players in general? I'd say players in general. If you are giving, there's so, so there's many people probably right now that are getting out their fantasy football laptops and they're looking at who they're going to be drafting for this upcoming season. Now that preseason's all over and we know where everybody's going. Where are some guys that you're like, regardless where this guy is on the board, where I, you should draft him and you should get your hands on him before it's too late. Um, I hate to be this guy, but Michael Pittman, obviously, he's okay. a, he was. I think people are starting like giving the recognition and stuff since he played well, but he was injured last year near the start, and he came back. He had a couple touches, I had a couple uh, targets, which I'm pretty excited for. But um, other ones, I'm not really too sure. Um, I don't know, you go first, Brandon. Okay, I would. Yeah, I think Michael Pittman's a good one because if you think you think about it, T.Y. Hilton's never really had a healthy season in how long? Like, yeah. how long has it been since he's played a full campaign? I think it's been over five years. Rarely. He's always been injured with something. Um, there's been a lot of people that I think would um, argue with, you could make the argument that he's going to be kind of a bustworthy component with um, with the return of Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell's also been injured. I mean, Paris Campbell has the highest potential probably out of all of them, but he's never on the field. And that's I think that's the problem. The one of, I think the... I'm gonna go right on. I'm gonna go right on my pedestal and just say I'm gonna go all in on Darnell Mooney this year because <laughs> I think that he's one of the most talented players in the NFL that's being overlooked, and it's solely because of Mitchell Trubisky. It was literally the only reason. Bears fans, you know what I'm talking about. The dude has absolute talent and can be an absolute stud. But the fact is, here's a stat that I th- very much remember. I actually wrote an article for the Torch, um, the fantasy football preseason uh, kind of um, preview. You could say some players to watch out we did a little love hate shout out to Matthew Barry if he's listening um kind of did a little love hate section and he was at the top of my list for the for the love and like the thing was is there was a stat put out that was like they were four he was four of 23 on catching deep receptions last year it's like wow that's a really like was he really just that and then I looked at his drops do you know how many drops he had zero you know what that means Trubisky missed him 19 times out of 23 in the deep range of the field. That's awful. Oof. Absolutely terrible. So that's why Darnell Mooney never really got a lot of the touchdown numbers is because basically he never got the ball thrown to his hands in the in the deep zone. In the long range fades, posts, never just got the football for Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big difference that we're going to see with Justin Fields. I mean, I anticipate Andy Dalton probably one week one, week two. City of Chicago is not going to let Andy Dalton sit back in the pocket for more than two weeks. He's going to be met with Justin Fields, and Justin Fields is going to take his spot eventually. So the fact that Justin Fields has that deep ball accuracy, has the playmaking ability, and the fact that you got Allen Robinson on the other side going to take away all the heavy coverage guys, that's just going to open up a huge window of opportunity for Darnell Mooney. The dude's fast. He's got great hands. He's improved his route running over training camp, and that's really going to be one that I'm really looking forward to watching as bad as he is on the Bears, but he he might he might wreck our DB room. Not gonna lie, I'm more worried about Darnell Mooney playing us than Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. I'll say that straight up. Allen Robinson's a great player. Darnell Mooney scares me, and some people that know what I'm talking about when it comes to Thanksgiving game last mm-hmm. year. 
He could have easily shredded us multiple yeah, times. Yeah, definitely. But any other any other loves? Uh, one's uh, obviously Matt Stafford, the former Lion. I'm oh, excited absolutely. to see what he's going to be able to do with the Rams. Uh, I think he's going to, especially with the wi- better wide receivers that they have, him being able to find more targets. And when it comes on to it, he can you know get a couple runs in there. They're not going to be super far, but they will be clutch if he decides to. Another one was Jamar Chase. He's probably going to be one of the main Ooh. focuses on the Bengals team. Uh, when Joe Burrow is throwing to him. Joe Burrow also is probably another one to watch out for, too, especially since he's kind of he's going to be nursing that injury a little bit uh, kind of off the start, but I think he'll be able to come in and pretty, pretty, do pretty well against their opponents. But Jamar Chase is a big one, too, because, like I said, he's going to be like one of the main guys who's going to be looked for. I mean, you have Joe Mixon, too, but uh, other than th- those two, there's not going to really – too much for the uh, for the Bengals offense to look forward to. So, oh yeah, I think I mean with the drops that we've seen from Chase as far as the preseason. Yeah, that's one like thing that you should watch, watch out for. But I think once it comes game time and like once it actually because like we've seen him at LSU. He's one, he was one of the best wide receivers coming out of the draft class. And for him to, I don't think he's really going to get that like those stone hands when it comes down to game time. Yeah, that, I would, I would absolutely agree. You just made my point for me, Joe. I think that he once he gets back, they're going to get that game time roll and the lights going to be on, and he's going to see his buddy, no one, Mr. Joe Burrow, and snap back and forth, yeah, and be like, snap back into Ooh, it. Ooh, we're back. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, just the the drops in preseason. It happens. Is it going to be a um, thing to watch moving forward? Sure. I mean, we all we always seem guys have great potential and drop the football. <coughs> Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> but he, he, you, we figure it out because now look where Nelson Aguilar is. He had one of his best campaigns last year. So in as far as the long term, you can always look at Jamar Chase. But, I mean, Joe Burrow is going to be a great dynasty option moving forward as well as Justin Herbert. But another name that I'll probably throw out mm-hmm. in my love category. Um, I had in my article Jonu Smith. I do like him, but I don't like him as much as I did um, now hearing that uh, Mac Jones going to be the quarterback because I wrote this when Cam Newton was still QB1 and it just came out today and Mac or Cam Newton just got cut today. Ooh, that one didn't work out very well. But I still like I still like John New Smith because the way that New England can use him will be a very, very utilized or what's I guess the word I would, would use is um, he's a utility player. He's a tight end and at heart in pipe position number on paper. But he can be used in so many different ways. And we saw that with Tennessee. He'd be lining up in the fullback spot. He'd be lining up off the line of scrimmage or on the line of scrimmage as the tight end. So we can see a lot of different things. And he is a he has the ability to get open and make big plays. So I think he's still going to have a lot of value, especially that Hunter Henry is going to be banged up going into this season. I mean, yeah, Jono is a little bit banged up, but not as badly as Hunter Henry. We're concerning about if he's going to play week one. So, I mean, mm-hmm. potential starting tight end spot for Mac Jones, who's going to be still working out the kinks in the first couple games for sure that's a great target for me but I think one guy that I don't like uh I mean I think I'm I'm really off the train of any Texans running back whatsoever I think that's a big red flag for me I think specifically in my article I put David Johnson because David Johnson's one I like the absolute least because you have Philip Lindsay who's looking to revitalize his career I mean he's a young upstart guy that we can really see a lot mm-hmm. from if he's in the right offense then you have Mark Ingram Mark Ingram's going to be the leader in the locker room so obviously people are going to want to get the ball in his hands where does that leave David Johnson that's that's the big thing for me is I know he's got a lot of that talent but the dude's been banged up and he's been banged up year after year since 2016 in his primetime season. And until we see him back on the field for 12 games, 13 games, 15 games, I just, I'm just i just kind of out on him right now. It kind of sucks because I think he's 29 or 30 years old. Yeah. That's tough. 
because I don't I just don't see where they're going to get him touches at this point. That's probably the one I don't like the most. I did I also did put Jalen Hurts. I'm not as far out on Jalen Hurts as I am David Johnson. I think Jalen Hurts like I wrote in the article that he's in my hate category, but it's more or less like what I would consider it the same as um people that listen to fantasy football focus with Field Yates and um, Matthew Barry. Like there, the hate isn't necessarily like I absolutely despise this player and I will never root for him ever. I dislike Jalen Hurts where he's being drafted and what their projection is because I have question marks still on their offense because. Mm-hmm. His top targets, Devontae Smith. That's great. That's absolutely great. Like he's going to be a huge improvement to the wide receiver room. After that, you have Goddard as your next ta- high target. They just t- cut Travis Fulgham. Now who do you? Now who are you looking at? That's my point. Like you're going to be looking at Jalen Rager. He's not yeah. been very good. The tools, the tools he has around him is is basically right. his downfall. And in a new offense with Nick Sirianni in his first year. Yeah. Who's been highly questionable in his yeah. first first couple of months as a coach? Yeah. So those would be my two yeah. that I would put as. He's my been far solid. Yeah, when he has the call, he's been solid. But it's just the tools that he has around him does not really offer or kind of encourage a a solid season. And like you said, enough for where he's being drafted in the fantasy spots. You know. Yeah, I w- yeah. As far as like where he's being drafted, where his rankings and projections are, I don't like the selection of Jalen Hurts. If you can snag snag him up later, the dude has potential through the roof. And I know a lot of experts are in on him. I'm not as fully in on him, but that doesn't mean you don't have. That doesn't mean you shouldn't pick him. I, absolutely. Yeah. What are some players that you dislike? Um, I don't know. I was after reading your article. I do. I was thinking Antonio Brown too because people are kind of talking about his okay, come, yeah. like kind of comeback season. But I don't know, especially since he's getting older, he still has the ability to really beat some people off the jump and be able to play well. But I think where he's been put at with a, just kind of talking to people and also just people like on when I see on Instagram and stuff and like the fantasy football pages, it's more like people have a, a lot of hope for him to come back and be able to do well. But I just don't think he's going to kind of live up to that hype and get back to where he once was enough to where he'll be able to be a viable option when it comes to fantasy. Yeah, I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, like there's a lot of uh, quote unquote Austin Arquette's words, mouths to feed in that offense. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of footballs going around, and how many of them are going to go his way? It's going to be kind of hard because they're all split up. I mean, I'm a I'm a Godwin owner in another fantasy league, so that was one of the question marks when I drafted him. It's just there's so many weapons. Brady, Tom Brady has so many weapons. How is he going to spread the ball around? Now he's yeah. got Javion Bernard too to worry about. Like it, it could be it could be interesting moving forward. But um, before we go into college football, don't forget to check out Podstock on Apple, Spotify, and Anchor, where you can check out a music history podcast with Evan Hubbard, Jax Miller, all about the world and history of music. They did their first episode, which, by the way, which is a banger. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. Did you know that Metallica once sued Napster for pretty much making music free? Did you know that? That's Yeah, that's the whole story. Metallica sued Napster? Yep, they did. You want to hear more about it? See, I got you hooked now. Now they're going to have to go listen to the first episode of Podstock. So go check that out on your favorite podcast platform today for more interesting news on music. And I have heard word that they are going to be returning this semester. So even more episodes coming soon. Very nice. Very nice. going to be very cool. But going into the lower level of 
college football. Well, I guess shouldn't I should say lower level football, to which co- is which is D one college football. Which is college football. Thank you, Joe. Um, we got we got college football already underway at the D one level. I mean, we saw last weekend the opener of Nebraska and Illinois leading a Fighting Illini victory over the Cornhuskers, thirty to twenty two. Very interesting. We also had some more games that were a little. Um, little less exciting. Uh, UCLA beat the brakes off of Hawaii, by the way. Good sh- good outing, though, from Zach Charbonnet, former Michigan running back. Yep, yeah. shout out to him. He did very well. Good to Love see to him. See it. Yeah, he had more yards than the starter, and I believe he had like a quarter or half a touches, so... Mm-hmm. He's gonna. He's in his bag right now. Yeah. But more games coming up on t- on Thursday. Yeah, tomorrow which is basically when everybody starts up. Yeah. Everything. Everything's gonna start up Thursday and Friday. One notable game: Utah against was gonna be taking on Weber State. And really, the only reason it's notable is because of Utah. You of Utah. Um. But I think actually no. I take that back. Ohio State Minnesota would That's, probably be I was a little say bit that, higher. I was just the, about to bring that one up. That yeah. one's the one I'm looking forward to, especially. Speaking of Ohio State, I'm glad that you brought this one up. You see their quarterbacks grabbing the Ooh, bag money with the bag, NAL deal. Yo, yeah, it was. Could you, ima- could you imagine that? Point four million. To who was it, by the way? Uh, it was, I, I know it was like an. Auto, I literally looked it up. It I was. Our, it was like a sports. I think it was like a marketing agency. It, they pretty much wanted his. They wanted his signature yeah. and his his face for merchandise. I, I believe it. is what it was. Um, Ohio State quarterback Quinn Ewers has reportedly signed a name, image, and likeness deal worth $1.4 million. Mm-hmm. Um, ESPN reported the deal that negotiated by Ewers' agent. Excuse me, I can't read right now. ESPN reports the deal was negotiated by Ewers' agents, and is it's his third NIL deal overall. Uh, it doesn't really say who signed him, but it was for $1.4 million, and it was basically just for his rights to his uh, yeah. autographs. Yeah, I mean, the rights... he is one of like the top like recruits, basically. Oh, yeah. The but dude has a huge network as far as I on wonder social if media. Gu- I wonder if that's guaranteed. Is oh, it? gosh, if it was. if it's guaranteed, then it's really... Ooh. I just want to know. Like, I'm going to try to look into that a little bit more, but like, dude, what is actually guaranteed from that? If he had 1.4... He finds the, he finds the right like if he finds the right financial people, puts down in an, a Roth IRA, he invests oh, in some mutual set, funds. He doesn't have to work the rest of his no, life. He can just with do that whatever money. he wants. That's do. crazy, man. One point four. But we gotta start a finance podcast. Maybe we should. Dave Ramsey, you listening? Call of the day. We can run the call of the day. We, we can could. take callers and tell them that they're all their their decisions that they should be making about finances. Invest I, in Bitcoin. Bitcoin, yes. I believe he was absolutely against Bitcoin, if I remember correct. Dave Ramsey. Well, mm. I think he's 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 out against um anything that's like unsure and physical, like um physical tender. I guess is kind of the, the word about it. Mm-hmm. I I think or no. Here's what it was. It was more about. That it's not necessarily like, um, like Bitcoin is is not like a long term thing. It's kind of like I mean, thinking of like Roblox and Dogecoin, like those things kind of came up so fast. It reminds it reminds him specifically of a get rich quick scheme, which yeah. half of those never work. And like you could do all these things, like you could go buy gold or whatever. Uh, I think that that was a story that he told about somebody that bought gold and when it was getting hot and then they put in a share and they missed and yeah, went downhill really fast. But anyway, like there's a bunch of ability now for a lot of these athletes yeah. now to make it money is guaranteed, off the by the way from it what i'm guaranteed. seeing it's a guaranteed 1.4 million dude. congratulations on a great career for quinn and he hasn't even taken a snap in college football yet isn't that crazy insane but hey we get money too joe 
That is true. Thank you, NCAA. Thank you, NCAA. Run me my check. Yeah. If you guys want to support the show, you know what to do. But um, some other notable games coming up. Number two, Oklahoma. Yep, you heard that right. Number two, Oklahoma. Maybe overrated. Taking on Tulane. My favorite game that is on the entire schedule, Michigan against Western Michigan. No, I'm just kidding. Michigan might blow the brakes off the Broncos. I'm not sure yet. They might honestly lose against the Broncos. Who yeah, knows? I don't know. But I think game I'm actually really 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 looking forward to watching is going to be um i think it's going to be either i i think alabama miami will not be as close as it looks on paper so i'm not yeah, going to say i think say that one them. will be probably at least two or three touchdowns i saw that too and i was at first when i saw the two i was like okay but miami ever since that one year where they were like the the turnover chain They've kind of just yeah. been chasing to get back after that, mm-hmm. and they've not really been. They've been at up that and down. They've been up and down really since the the year two thousand. I mean, after the the Butch Davis era when they got into the Coker era and they got those national championships, and then yeah. everything spiraled down with the Nevin Shapiro Ponzi scheme and all of those mm-hmm. events that really kind of just shoved the program in the dirt, and there still feels like it bringing it back out. I mean, that's, that's just a crazy story. But, yeah, I agree. Miami, I'm just not as high on yet. I think they can definitely get there, but they got to show some consistency first. But For sure. I think the definite game, like, I was, I, I don't know why I was kind of going around it. It's going to, it's it 100% has to be Clemson, Georgia. There's no there's no question yeah. that that's going to be the game of the week. I was kind of like, you know, Penn State, Wisconsin is probably going to be a good game. Maybe showing but, that, a, but the level of Georgia and Clemson it's is... It's too high. Who's it? Yeah, Clemson under the under the new reins of a new quarterback. Yep, DJ Ge- Georgia trying to get something back now. Yeah, I believe that's going to be something else. Yeah, I believe Georgia just named their their starting quarterback. I believe, if I remember correctly, wasn't it the guy that started last year? It was not JT Daniels. I know that for a fact. I think it was he transferred, not. didn't he? No, I think he's still on the roster. If I remember correctly. Oh, maybe he transferred from USC to Georgia. That's yes, what I'm that's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, maybe I don't remember actually who was starting for them, but we'll find out, especially on Saturday when all, when they will be on the field. So, but it's going to be a very good game. I mean, these two teams are going to be super exciting because I mean, it's it's going to be a classic powerhouse showdown. I mean, Clemson's going to have an entirely new offense. They're losing all receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks, so yeah. they're going to be starting fresh in that department. Georgia a little bit less. They got a couple returners, but I think yeah. I mean. I can't imagine like JT Daniels is not the starter at this point because yeah. the other the, guys, their backups like Brock something, isn't it? Uh, is are you talking about? Oh yeah, Carson Breck. Breck. Is that who you're yeah, talking that's about? Who it is. Or is it Brock Vandergriff? No, I guess Brock Vandergriff too. I don't know, but either I mean, way, he's a freshman. Either way, so I am pretty interested I think to it, see. I think he was a freshman recruit. Yeah, because so. JT Daniels does kind of remind me a lot of uh, a lot of like Jake Fromm. A little bit. He's a little bit runner. A He's a little, little better bit. of a runner. Sam, but the, the I arm is say, kind of the same. I want to say almost Sam Darnold too, but I think that's solely because of the USC bias. Yes. But I, I mean, other. I mean, either way, it's gonna be it's gonna mm-hmm. be a fun game just because. Yeah. It's top five to it's two top five teams. Like it doesn't get any better yeah, than college that. College game day is gonna so, be a lot of fun. I think it's just I think it's just inevitable. Um. Oh, so they did name the the um. The depth chart. It is JT Daniels. I don't know why I didn't think it was at first because I think they said something about Dewan Mathis. I think was the guy that they were talking about, but yeah. I don't remember like if he's like still on the team or not. I mean, Dewan Mathis got a start. I believe it was against Bama last year, 
and I remember watching that game, he got absolutely throttled. It wasn't even close. I know they were still were they were still trying to figure out the JT Daniels situation with his transferring rights. And then of course they had the injury to Stetson Bennett. So it was Dewan Mathis against the <laughs> the scary Alabama defense and that never worked out. But that's gonna be a great game. Um yeah. Iowa Indiana are also playing. That'll be a fun game. Iowa to Indiana watch. is going to be a good game to watch. Notre Dame will be playing Florida State, I believe, on Sunday. Is that, yeah, Sunday. Louisville, Ole Miss on Monday are the lone games there. UCLA is going to play again. They're going to be in week two. They're going to take on the Tigers LSU. So I think there's a lot of good games. I mean, I know I'm going to be watching my boys in Michigan against Western. At I'll be at I'll be at the Purdue game Saturday. You're going to be at the Purdue game. Yep, Purdue hey, Oregon State. Purdue Oregon State. That's going to be a pretty fun game. Yeah. I think it's going to be cool because I think those two teams are both they're not ranked, but they're starting to like inch their way up. They're starting to get yeah. a little higher each and every year. But I think that that also that's going to be a pretty good game. I'll keep my eye on that one for you too as well. Maybe I'll have to text. I'll ship. let you know how it goes. Yeah, let me know how the the, the gunslinging goes in that oh, game because yeah. they probably could end up fifty to fifty. Thinking they probably paper. could between the two of them. Maybe I don't know. Those are two good offenses. High scoring, low scoring, regardless. Yeah, but I think it's going to be fun. Uh, I think watching our Wolverines for sure, just because it's going to be a new team. Um, just because, like last year, we can't get any worse, right? Yeah, we. <laughs> to be honest, we really can't unless we go oh like over the whole year, which I don't think will happen. It can get worse. Yeah, but we don't want it to go worse. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying it can't it can't really go worse. No. Cuz like a two win a two win season is basically a no win season for Michigan fans. Like what we're used to. Oh yeah. So like if we do it again, it's not like we're going to be hurting for like an explanation. Like we already saw how we were so bad last year. Yeah, that's like Alabama, like for them it's championship or loss. That's yeah, the season. exactly. That's the season. No, I no, I I totally agree. I think making Cade McNamara the starting. Uh, I believe they just announced that yesterday. He is going to be the starter. Right move. He's the leader in the locker room. I think yeah, they give yeah, him yeah. the reins first. I think having him grooming JJ is, I think, going to be the right formula. I don't know why we brought in Alan Bowman. I really don't. But I think he could be he could be an asset that we might be able to use. Hey, maybe throw him in. Like Dylan McCaffrey, two yeah. two quarterback system, maybe. I don't. I'm not saying you should do it that way, but maybe, maybe they will. I mean, we'll have Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum back in the backfield. They're going to be the projected one-two punch. Um, then you got a lot of talented receivers coming back. I believe Ronnie Bell is back. Yep. Um, you got a lot of other great guys. Roman Wilson, I believe, is staying. Um, he was kind of on the fence if he was going to leave or not. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we are obviously going to be missing Nico Collins as he left, um, as well as um, I forgot the other guy's name that was playing last year. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, what was his, his number zero? Help me out, Joe. He number just tra- He just transferred. I forgot his number. Or not his number, his name. I'll look it up here in a minute. Yeah, look it this up Michigan in a team is different, and I think I think a lot of people are kind of like this is a go, or this is a winner bust year for Jim or Jim Harbaugh. I think yeah. it is true. I think really, he, yeah, that's def, that's definitely for sure. If he doesn't win at least like if he goes like more than three losses, even more than two losses, I'd say we just got to get rid of him. Yeah, I I don't I don't know why you keep. I here's the thing. I understand the culture of it, the history behind it. It makes sense. But if you're the University of Michigan and you're one of the most winningest programs in college football history, like history history, you need to get You need a, to win and yeah. fast and in a hurry. 
because like when he first came here after that that uh, stint with San San Francisco where they went to the Super Bowl and they were close to winning, and then we signed him. It was a huge deal. We thought this is gonna be a this is gonna be a game changer. We're gonna mm-hmm. get back to the national championship like we like we want it to be. It's gonna be a Michigan man who's gonna be able to bring the Michigan Wolverines back to where they're supposed to be, back to the top. But after these couple years, especially since like the first year that he got there, it was like okay, we're there. That's when like Jabril Peppers and we were like number four. We lost in the in the uh, was it semifinals, which kind of sucked. Not gonna lie. But then now it's just been going downhill ever since. And it's like we got Don Brown, who is supposed to be the best like defensive coach in all of uh, college football. Now we just ba- we released him, right? Yeah, yeah, he's gone. We canned him, and now it's like at a situation where. We have ha- we are having to give Jim Harbaugh an ultimatum. At least as fans, I don't know if he's talked to the administration yet. But like as fans, it's like, hey, win games, don't lose more than two, or else we want you out of here. Win games or get out. And I honestly think fans that want you out of there, if like if the administration wants you there, but fans want you out of there, it's just it's worse. It's harder to get people to be able to play for you and to be able to get like that much, uh, I guess, loyalty because your players will understand like. The people who actually make us who who we are and give us the notoriety and publicity that we're used to don't want our coach there, which is not a, not a really good recipe for success. Yes, I think I, I absolutely agree because I think the biggest problem is the fan base and the football team have different opinions on the matter because obviously as a football team, you you know you, you like a coach turn, or yeah, not. You don't want to turn your back on yeah, the coach. Yeah, you know you like Jim Harbaugh as the coach, and he might be a great coach. I, I have no doubt in my mind he's a great coach and can improve players, but a lot of the time that he's been here, we've been a great football team up until the Horseshoe, up until Sparge Stadium. Up until Death Valley. Yeah. Every single game that we've lost has been the most important game of the year. Yeah. And that just, we need to beat Minnesota easy. Sure. But when it comes to Michigan State, even when we're a way better team than them on paper and in every way. Why is what we say last year? We're going to lose. I call, I literally said last year. like We need to go into the whiteout at Penn State and create an upset and silence the team. Yeah, what Happy Valley is a different place what to play. What do we do? We can't perform. Exactly. We haven't beat Ohio State in years. Go on. And if you can't, I don't know. It's it's so annoying because it's like we brought him in and we were under the impression, all right, all these big games that we can't lose, we're not going to lose because we have Jim Harbaugh and his coaching ability. And then all of a sudden, for some reason now, we're looking back on the past handful of years that you've been coach here and we have we have a losing record against Penn State. We have a losing record against Ohio State. We have a losing record against Michigan State, I'm pretty sure. Pretty close to fifth. Pretty 500, close. Yeah. Le- yeah, 500 is still not good. Shouldn't be 500. We no. shouldn't be way over. We, we shouldn't have even lost them at all over these cu- past couple years because they haven't been good since Connor Cook was like in his junior year. They were not good his senior year, really. Yeah. Oh, Giles Jackson. Yes. I just literally thought, <laughs> what a yes. great time to think of it right as you pause. But um, no, I, I, I agree. I don't, we, we, this is the thing. We want Jim Harbaugh to stay. He's the right. He's, he's a good coach. I like great him. Great coach. But great I don't fit for like, the culture. I don't like his record. Yes. We don't like his record against rivalry And that's game. the only that's thing. That's the only problem with him. And that's the biggest part on the totem pole with the Michigan football program. Yeah. We need to be big teams. Go to and college we can't. football playoff, but we can't. So how are we going to fix that? First logical conclusion is the head coach. That's what happens, and that's the what's where we've come mm-hmm. to at this point because it's been well. Yeah, our defense wasn't great. 
I'll say, so we got to move on from the Don Brown system. Okay. Now in this next year, we're going to see if that's truly the case. Yeah. Or is this more above it? Because we're going to see the differences. There's going to be differences. And I mean, we're going to have a bunch of key returning players on that side of the ball returning. Mm-hmm. Daxon Hill, Aiden Hutchinson. Those guys are going to be back. Vincent Gray, if he improves over this, over this last summer. Those yeah. guys are going to be key contributors on the other side of the football. We know the offensive side of the football has got talent. We're bringing a lot of those guys back. Defensive side, we're going to have to see who steps up. Because we're going to be... We're gonna, we're, we lost some guys. Quiddy Pay is gone. Ambry Thomas is gone. We're going to have to make it work. So the fact is this is really a winner bust or winner bust year for Jim Harbaugh. I don't yeah. want to say it like that, but I don't know really what else to yeah. say on the matter and than that itself. It's not like we're expecting a national championship. It's no. just let's go to a bowl game let's, and win handily. Yeah, let's beat Penn State and Happy Valley at least one out of two years and please for the love of what's let's make good, it close against Ohio State. Let's beat the Buckeyes for crying out loud. Yeah. It's been too long since we've done that. I don't even remember yeah. the let's year. Let's go to Spartan Stadium and beat Michigan State handily. Yeah, at least we did that a couple years ago with Jabril. But yeah, I mean, but that was like an insane team we had. Yeah, exactly. And it was only twenty one, I believe, twenty one fourteen. We only won that game. It was like by seven points. Yeah. And yeah, I, we I should, specifically we should beat them by a lot more. Yeah. I specifically remember we only beat them by seven points, yeah. even though, yes, it's we should have clobbered them. There's high expectations, but it's like, you can, yeah, you can say like the fans are putting high expectations on Jim Harbaugh for this year, but he has only himself to blame. Yeah. Really. It, if he it, hasn't it been in, like, you have all these expectations coming in, it's not like you don't have access to the best players in the nation and the best coaching staff one of the best coaching staffs at your disposal so it's don't let us down basically i don't know what to say there's no excuses really we get five we get four or five stars every year we get three stars who can turn into big name players i don't know it just gets frustrating when people try to defend them still and it's like you can't really i i'm pretty sure i tried to defend them last year to people who tried to like try to argue with me but it's, oh, we both did. Yeah, but now it's like, okay, you have these people who are getting frustrated, Jim. Start figuring it out. Come on, Jim. Let's go. Start figuring it out and get going. No, I agree. Um, it's going to be um, it's going to be a season to watch, guaranteed. Uh, Michigan State is going to be also playing Northwestern. Forgot we didn't mention them earlier. Mm-hmm. Going to be an interesting game because, I mean, the Wildcats under Pat Fitzgerald have been a different team as of lately. Solid. They gave Ohio State a run two years ago in in the pretty in the Big Ten title game. So that's gonna be an interesting team. It's gonna be at Ryan Field too. It's gonna make it harder. But Mel Tucker seems like he's got he's got the right culture with his guys and he's bringing in the right people. Yeah. Cause had a year had a year to figure stuff out with him. Got a pretty couple big wins with him too and now he's got some guys <laughs> who he's been ahead of uh of recruiting to come into the uh, into the uh, program too. So yeah, I think that's going to be fun. I mean, they've got. I think the biggest part for Michigan State that really sticks out to me, as far as on paper, and I mean, I I really hope that they do well because I mean, we want to see our Michigan team succeed. And <laughs> please, for what's good, let's have either Michigan or Michigan State beat the brakes off of Ohio State and get them out of the championship throne spot because I'm sick and tired of it and it's getting annoying. And I know Brendan Sanders is listening to me right now. Shout out to him, and he's gonna just be smiling overhead. I can literally see his face right now. I'm sick of it. I'm sick and tired of Ohio State winning every single Big Ten Conference championship since how long ago, and it is really ticking me off, and that needs to change. It needs to change right now. I don't even care if Michigan State does it. 
I honestly don't care if Northwestern does it. I could care less if the Nebraska corn... Okay, never mind. Let's not go that far. But you <laughs> know what I'm far. saying right now. I know what you so mean. So bringing in the right guy for them is going to be the key part at the quarterback position for Michigan State is what I mean. Mayton Thorne looks like he's the guy coming in as far as going to be likely the starter. They have Elijah Collins. They have a lot of great playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So I think they have a lot of potential. I mean, Jay, like Jalen Naylor is going to be a good player. Jaden Reed as well. They're going to have a lot of great pieces on the mm-hmm. offensive perimeter. They have a couple good defensive players. Maybe not as prominent as Michigan players, but they still have a great coach team. And I think Mel Tucker, I think Mel Tucker reminds me a little bit of Dan Campbell. Not necessarily, not even, not, not even necessarily close like to personality wise, yes, but is, like coaching wise. So you know yes, it's more we're focusing on the culture first, then the wins and L's. That's what I see, and that's similar to what Dan sees, and that's why we're seeing some guys getting cut from the Lions like we did with Michigan State guys leaving mm-hmm. and coming in because the culture is changing. And I think that's what he's trying to do as well. And yeah, I think definitely. Michigan is in a spot where their culture is good, but I don't think they have, they're not ready to take that step up. Yeah, and definitely. what that needs to change, I don't know if they need to change to a more pass-happy pass happy scheme. I mean, Hassan Haskins is great, so how, how are we going to get him the ball outside of just – straight through the tackles because the guy can use his speed he's a he's an athlete so how are we going to give him the ball on the perimeter how are we going to feed all of our great tight ends how are we going to get the ball into primary hands how are we going to take on michigan's or michigan state spread how mm-hmm. are we going to take on their speedy defense in their in their hybrid schemes how are we going to do this that's the problem with like as far as looking into the season but at the end of the day we're all just chasing ohio state and that's the way it's going to be until somebody beats them so yeah Poss- there's big Ten has the possibility to be wide open this year if teams make the right ideas but Brandon I think we've talked about football long enough for today it might be might might be ready to wrap up the show but Brandon very good show today yeah we were getting heated there for a minute holy man I'm still catching my breath anyway (laughs) gonna be a great beginning of college football and we hope all you football fans joined us and just had a great show and we really appreciate your listen don't forget follow us on social media at the MBSP on Instagram and Twitter and don't forget as well to follow us on your favorite podcast platform right Joe What's oh, your yeah. favorite podcast platform? Obviously Spotify. Yeah, me too. We're on Spotify. We're Spotify on Spotify gang. Yep, I, Apple Podcasts as well. Have a lot of Castbox fans out there. If you're a Castbox podcast shout guy, shout out to you. Shout out to you. You're keeping our platforms very diverse, and hey, we appreciate it. So guy. I love seeing the statistics of people using more platforms, and yeah, it, it, it's so much fun to learn because cool. I didn't know Castbox existed. And big cast box now guy. it's cool so gonna be checking that out it's gonna be excited we can't wait to bring on athletes and coaches on the couple sh- on the coach shows next week maybe hopefully you might just have to wait answer our find- dms maybe and we <laughs> might be able to <laughs> no we we have busy people on campus right now oh, yeah yeah we're the vets here we know we know how to roll some people are just starting to figure it out oh yeah but we're gonna can't be always okay. can't always catch up to us you know that's true We've wound this intro outro out way too long. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening and no more waste of your time when we will see you next time. Take care, everybody.